When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Today, I am joined by Vicky Patterson. Oh, hi, Frank. <laughs> so funny, isn't it? There's no one here to be like, normally when you do something, everyone starts cheering and clapping on these. It's just nothing. Do you know what? It's good for me ego, Frank. It keeps, us, it keeps us in line. That's what I need. I need to be reminded every so often. Not everyone's going to clap, Vicky. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like most people probably know you from... Geordie Shaw back in the day that's kind of where we first kind of heard about you but now you've done like loads of TV presenting and you won the jungle yeah I did massive <laughs> and I feel like for you the jungle like was when things kind of really took a turn on how people kind of perceived you in a way it was weird Franks I was literally just saying the other day like it is what everyone knows us from Geordie Shaw but like that was 10 years ago now you know 10 was it? yeah 10 years it was coming up for its 10 year anniversary and I, I do like I'll always be dead grateful for to Geordie Shaw for giving us a platform like I've been able to do loads of great stuff since but I proper consider that chapter of my life over I love the jungle it gave everybody an opportunity to see as, as something different do you know what I mean as not just the girl who who swore or shouted or slut dropped like I could do more than than <laughs> just do the s's <laughs> there was so much more so yeah it was yeah. it was yeah, nice I could do so much more. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel like, like, what made you go on Geordie Shore? Like, how old were you then when you went on Geordie Shore? So um, I was, like, about 22, and right. obviously 32 now, come 33 this year. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I... um, Do you know what? There wasn't a huge thought process behind it. Like, <laughs> I, there wasn't... God, frankly, I've got to be dead honest. Like, if... And I'm sure you get this. If I was to make the decision now in my 30s, I'd sit and agonise over the ramifications and plus and minuses I'd do a list I'd, I'd be so methodical but in your 20s you're just like fuck it this sounds like a laugh like that was my exact thought process I'd left uni I didn't have a job that like stimulated us or particularly interested as I was working in nightclubs and bars um and mm. and I thought this this is an excuse to just get paid to party really and I mean at tw- in your early 20s that's the dream so I went for it and um I mean, yeah, don't regret it. It's a couple of couple of shady moments that I, I wish I could probably small, <laughs> small regrets. <laughs> a couple of little things that like won't be going on the CV. But other than that, yeah. mate, nah, it, it was what it was, and it was a fantastic experience that led us to where I am now. So can't be. But don't you feel like what you did? Because like, look, I watched Geordie Shaw, and I totally judged you all. Not yeah. gonna lie, like I was like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that on telly or whatever. Yeah. But I loved it, okay. and I watched it. <laughs> but let's not forget. Most of us have done a lot of those things, just not on camera. And that's and that's what I always say to people. And I'm like, I think reality TV gets a lot of stick and people mm. that have been on reality TV. But also, I think sometimes you have to look at it from another angle in that, that most of you own your own houses or can have been able to, okay, if you didn't buy a house, have bought cars or whatever, that you've mm. earned money. Yeah. And I'm like, for me, that's fucking clever. Like, you've managed <laughs> to do that from, like, getting pissed and doing what, mo- what most people did in their 20s, just on TV. 
Well, I, I think there's like I, I complete. Thank you for that. I suppose, but I, I think uh, <laughs> uh, no. I think um, I, I do get sometimes really precious. Um, I've, like I say, like being in the industry for quite some time now, so I'm not as sensitive as I used to be. I, I am still a pro Susie sensitive. So, like, but no, I, I think I've got a slightly thicker skin. So, if anybody wants to say anything about reality TV stars, like I'll openly take it on the chin. Um, I understand mm. it must be frustrating for certain people to see us who essentially. Um, are famous for being talentless at the core. Like, just that is that is how people view it. And when they probably do see us having fancy holidays or buying your third property or driving around yeah. in flashy cars, like, I completely understand people feeling a bit like, what the hell? Like, what did you do to yeah. deserve this apart from have sex and get drunk on the telly? Like, don't think for one single second that the irony is like it's wasted on me. It's not, um, but yeah, we we got a lot of stick, mate. And I, I I do think there were some things we did that were super controversial. And like I say, I'm not really proud of. And I do wish I'd kept private. But we were young, we were silly, we were paving the way. We didn't necessarily know what we're doing, especially in the cases of like Geordie Shaw, super controversial TV that hadn't necessarily been shown in Britain before. So we were pretty wet behind the ears and didn't know how it was gonna how it was gonna pan out. So I, I don't I don't know um if we're doing stuff that was worse than what other people were doing or if we were just naive. Do you think you got like swept up in it or do you think people kind of um can't think of the word won't come to me but like encouraged it people around you oh no no yeah I, I think that was the right word frank so don't be so hard on yourself there yeah um no i <laughs> i um yeah like there's there's i feel super conflicted when i answer this because on one hand i have to own it i ha there's no point in me yeah you know what i mean there's no yeah. no point in me saying like oh my god i was led astray mtv are evil the producers put words in my mouth i did didn't like it's a structured reality tv show so there are situations that aren't 110 percent real and there's an element of it being contrived i i can own a lot of the things that happened on that and say I was young, I was silly, I didn't know what I was getting myself yeah. in for. I'm not entirely sorry for all of it because a lot of people do do the same, just not in front of millions of people in a yeah. TV, TV crew. But And there's another there's another side where I sort of think, oh, um, I got swept up and carried away in what I thought everybody wanted me to be. Um, yeah. And I, I often say I was a caricature of myself by the end. Like, I can be loud and, and I can swear and... You know what I mean, boisterous and all the rest of it. But when people when you come when people come to expect that of you, you you just you, you act up. You know what I mean. You you yeah. you just everything's amplified. And um, I become the Vicky that I thought everybody wanted to see. And honestly, I lost a lot of myself. And the, that that version was a bit of a tosser. So I, I am pleased I left when I did. I am pleased I turned the corner. And, and is that why you left? There's a couple reasons I left, Frank. Like, starting, so you join at 22, you're one person. And then five years later, when I left, like, that's 27, like, you're a different person. Like, I remember I want, like, that, that period of growth is huge in your 20s. And I remember thinking, oh, like, I, I want a really nice boyfriend. And I want to wake up in a house like with clean floors and not with, like dirty used makeup wipes everywhere that aren't mine. And <laughs> I just wanted the next chapter of my life. There was a couple of things like I'd, I'd, 
the, the crew had a joke that I used to leave every series, like, I'm such a drama queen. Like, every series I'd be, that's, right. that's it. I'm fucking done with this. I want to be a TV presenter. I'm going. And I'd go, and I'd be back with my tail between my legs, mate. Like, I, I just hadn't hadn't <laughs> quite built up the confidence to go. Um, but, yeah, I think it was series nine or ten. Nine, series nine. And um, I, I left, and it, it was final. And it, it was on great terms. So there was no big, like, showdown. It was just, I need something. I need a new challenge. Um still love like MTV for the opportunity and all that and I'm, I'm just yeah. really happy I made the decision to go when I did because you can say oh it's Vicky from Geordie Shaw but then also people could go oh it's Vicky from Loose Women or Vicky from like The Jungle or MasterChef whatever like I didn't quite get pigeonholed and I reckon if I'd left no. it a little bit longer Frankie I might have just tipped that tipped the scale the other way and that was yeah. all I would have been known as for the rest of my life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is and is that when you then went on to the jungle so I had about so I left like say yeah. end of one year and then the next year I worked on my own show called Judge Geordie on MTV oh yeah um and yeah. essentially like me driving around in a car uh with me me fit scouse pal Alex Cannon um solving people's problems so sort of like uh, Jeremy Kyle but less of a knobhead um and uh <laughs> I think at least and yeah we um it was fun it was for MTV audiences it was a laugh but it's where I first got my teeth into not it wasn't my life on show, if that makes sense. It was other people's yeah. and a level of privacy and it was it's infectious. So, yeah, I did that. And then that year was the year I went in the jungle. So it was pretty seamless. It was dead quick. Mm. And did you find when you went into the jungle, your aim was to kind of show people this, well, like not the other side of you, the real you or that side of you, I suppose? Um, honestly, like no real game plan, um, which I think I suppose everyone says other than to just be myself. Um, I know mm. that when I, when I went in the jungle, for example, even though I didn't see it, like everyone told us afterwards, Twitter just exploded. Get her out. We don't want her in there. Like reality TV scum. She's going to ruin it. Like, I don't know what everyone thought really? I was going to do in there, Frankie. Like, whether I was just going to whip out a bottle of like Jägermeister and have like. <laughs> can't get drunk. Tony yeah. Hadley <laughs> doing body shots off us. Like, it's obviously not what I was <laughs> intending. But um, people had their preconceived notions and I can't blame them or be mad. But within like 24 hours, that reaction on Twitter had gone to me being the favourite to win and stayed that way till the end. Um, it, it worked mm. out well. So I just wanted to show people that although I, I, I won't run away from it, I was on Geordie Shore and that's part of who I am, I, I've definitely, there's more to us. So it, it was nice to be able to well, do you've that. you've grown up as well. I mean, yeah. You do, you do. You mm. just, you, I grew up and it, it was lovely to be able to show people that, I think, especially a big audience like ITV and The Jungle Get. Yeah. Did you get, like, when you... When you meet people, do you ever feel self-conscious of the, the fact that they'll have like a preconceived conception of you or do you not really, does it not really bother you? Um, oh, I think I think everyone cares what people think to a certain extent. Mm. Um, I'd be lying. I'm not one of those super cool people who's like, yeah, fuck it. You, I know who I am. I'm not. I'm desperate to be liked. Uh, so I think... Um, <laughs> I think when any I meet anybody, especially women of a certain age, I just have this feeling that's like, yeah, God, you're gonna, you're really not gonna want me talking to your daughter, are you? And it's horrible because I'm not that person. 
um, anymore. And I'm not even sure I was that person when I was there or whether it was just a lot of hype. Um, but yeah, I do still get nervous that people are just going to think I'm like this it's one particular character, but you just you just got to hope people say you judge you on how you act now and and how you behave and the person you are. I I I always judge people mm. on how they treat me, so yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've just got to hope for the best. Yeah, hope they didn't you, have Sky. I think you're quite. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you're quite good on on Instagram. I think of kind of giving like both sides of like the good parts of life and like the not so fun parts of life is that like a conscious decision you made to kind of show people that not everything is perfect all the time I I think um a couple years ago I just had this really bad year frankly like oh it was just the worst um and I had like a couple of really bad things happen to us and I've always tried to cultivate this image of like strength and positivity I think women we put a lot of pressure on ourselves but yeah I I did I I tried to be super strong all the time and um I just by the end of the year, I had no fight left in us to be strong at all. Like, I hadn't, I was so drained. Like, the filter kind of fell off, so to speak, on social media. Like, I, mm. I just couldn't keep up the pretense of being super positive and strong anymore. So I let that facade fall and sort of telling people, like, oh, I'm struggling today and actually this has took the wind out of my sails and blah. And it, it just went from there really organically into... um the more honest I was, the more open, the more vulnerability I showed, the the dialogues that were being opened in my comments section on my Instagram, like they just made me feel better and I felt like they were making other feel other people feel better knowing they weren't alone. It just stemmed from mm. there. So I've I've totally ran with it, this really like honest um approach to socials. Like it's it, it's just not it's not normal to be happy every day. It's not It's not the truth no. that every day you wake up and you're mm. super, super positive and just buzzing like an old fridge. Like, no, we have hangovers. <laughs> we have sad days. Like, we have moments where we don't want to get out of bed. So I, I just think it's important for anyone with any sort of, like, platform or responsibility to, to use it wisely. Mm. I kind of always say that. I'm always like, actually, people think that, when I talk about my mental health or how I'm feeling or if I'm having a bad day, people are kind of like, oh, you're so good because it helps other people to not feel alone and to understand. And I'm like, yeah, but it really helps me as well. Not going to lie. Like seeing (laughs) hundreds of people underneath be like, oh my God, like I had a really bad day the other day and I had no idea why. I just was having one of those days and I was like, oh, I hate life today and there's no reason. (laughs) And literally my inbox was full of people being like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like that today. And then like even my mates were texting me and being like, oh babe, I've just wanted to cry for no reason today or I've been so angry today. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like I would never have known that if like I hadn't have said. And yet now I know that it's not just me. And I'm like, I still had no reason why it was like that. But I was like, oh, like loads of people are feeling the same. So it's funny. Like it's it's weird. We know that talking about something is going to make it better, but it's still sometimes one of the hardest things to do. And uh, I suppose it's like working out. We know working out is going to make us feel good, but can't always be asked oh god so like all the things that we know we should do you're so right like they're the last thing you want to do when you feel blue um and my yeah. my life coach says you need to this is one of the things that's helped me especially during lockdown because i don't know about you but i've had so many more like low 
and, and shaky days than I yeah. would have had normally. It's been like a roller coaster. Oh, totally, mate, totally. But I um, he, he told me to put together a list. It called your bounce back Bible, right? And it's like you, you probably know this. I'm t- preaching at the choir. I don't want you to tell you how to suck eggs, but it's like you, know, <laughs> you write a list of things that make you happy, um, just good for your soul. So for me, it's like watching Friends or Modern Family. It's having a nice bath. Mm. It's doing a workout. It's getting fresh air. It's speaking to your mom. It's like stuff that you know is is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. An upbeat playlist, for example, whether it's The Greatest Showman, Little Mix, Saturdays, whatever it is, like, you know there's going to be some yeah. songs that get your feet tapping and make you smile. But you couldn't, when when those dark clouds descend on you, you couldn't pull those out of your Spotify if you tried. You just wouldn't see them. You'd have your blinkers no. onto them because you want to be sad. You want to be angry. You can't pull yourself out of it. So, yeah, make your list on a good day for the day, like, you know, when you're happy, make your list. And then when you are having sad days, shaky days... Look at your list. And it's just so much easier to pull yourself out of your funk when the stuff that does do it is there in front of you. That's kind of what I'd... That's such a good idea. Yeah, bounce back Bible. It's so true. <laughs> so true. You can't think You can't think of those things. And, like, the whole music thing, like, I don't know if, if you, like, back in the day, like, if you broke up with a boyfriend or something, all you'd <laughs> want to listen to is, like, songs that are going to make you cry. <laughs> when really you should be listening to, like independent lady yes. or whatever it is yeah. I don't know there's something that's gonna make you be like yeah but instead you're like listen to boys to men <laughs> no absolutely or like you'd listen you know you know in a relationship when you've got your song you just put your oh, yeah. song on have that on repeat oh. yeah just just add fuel to the fire let's fucking make this worse <laughs> But it's true though, isn't it? It's like, if I'm having a really bad day and I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, oh, like, I do this thing where, like, I don't want to leave the house. And I mean, obviously in lockdown, that's not been an option. But, uh, and, and then I get into that thing of like, oh, no one really wants to hang out with me anyway. You know, I'm mm. boring. Or just bring everyone's mood down. And then, like, someone will text me and be like, do you want to do something? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> Go. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's going to make you feel better. You have got friends. They've just texted you. But no, you'd rather sit at home and feel like you're lonely and everyone hates you and you've got nothing to do. It's like... It's just mad it's what a, your head It's a self-harm, isn't it? It's like a self-harm. Like, you yeah. just... Oh, you just so... We're so tough on ourselves. And, like, we do. We wallow. So, yeah, if you write your, write your little list of things that make you happy when, when you are happy, we can just grab them yeah. when we are feeling, like being Debbie Downers and uh, it it will perkle up. (laughs) Talking about working out and stuff, you've had like quite a, an up and down, like publicly relationship with like your body and training and things like that. And you used to get quite a lot of stick about your body image at one point, didn't you? Like that must've been really hard for you. I just don't think, uh, like, in terms of when I was sort of a bit younger um, and when I was, like, quite new to the industry, like, I think it was super difficult to just find a balance um, and to mm. to make people happy. Like, let's have it right. Like, I, I was too big for people at one point, then I was too small for people at one point. Um, and actually, it, it doesn't really matter what people think. It was what was healthy and what was good for me. So I think your 20s are such a... a, a a decade of self-discovery and, and also crippling insecurity. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was always just trying to be what I thought everyone wanted me to be and I was always trying to look like everyone else looked. Like, this industry is... And I just imagine society in general. I don't know why I'm, I'm 
making it smaller it's general um it's mm. it's so difficult for women um but ultimately yeah just just feeling like there's fucking no way i am spending any more time trying desperately to look like someone else like i'm a size 10 to 12 i've got boobs and a bum and there's no way i'm going to apologize so yeah i, I think i'm just yeah. in a place now where i'm i just own it <laughs> because there seems to be a big a big thing with the Geordie Shore girls of having plastic surgery. I don't. I, you're not one of those, as far as I know. No, no, God, no. I mean, I, if I had no. had loads of plastic surgery and still looked like this, it'd be a bit of a punch in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm I'm natural. But I just think that's so sad. Like, there's. I mean, there is nothing wrong with you. My biggest hate is like people have so much to say about people having plastic surgery, and it's like. If they want it, it's their body, shouldn't offend you. Like, whatever, let them get on with it. But I just feel like it's so funny that it just seems to be so tightly in that circle of Geordie Shaw girls that it seems to have really <clears throat> become a thing. And I think I interviewed Marnie um, once and, and spoke to her about all the things she's had done and she admitted that she wasn't any happier by having them done and things like that and just made me really sad that it seems to be this circle of girls that seem to feel like that's what they have to do why do you think that 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 happened um I mean you can't speak obviously yeah money, but, so yeah. weirdly um we don't all think the same. <laughs> um, so there's... There, <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, you know, um, I was a little... The, the only thing I can possibly say is, like, I can't comment on what the girls have had. Like, as, as much as we had a great time of our lives spent together so for five years, like, we don't really speak much now. Um, mm. No hard feelings, like, just because no one's... They're just because they're not sitting at my table well, anymore. Life, yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's like, like you, leaving school. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I always say, like, you don't still check in on how Barry from accounts is doing, like, when you leave your job, do you? Like, <laughs> you let Barry crack on, and as, as long... You, you know, he seems happy. So the girls all seem super happy, mm. and, yeah, granted, we've made different choices, and our careers have gone different ways um but I can't speak for their decisions the only thing that set me apart and I, I kind of feel like this might have some relevance I was slightly older um yeah so like and it sounds like now but 22 when I joined compared to some of them who were like 18 it's just three years mm. more maturity um maybe I was yeah. slightly more prepared to deal with the level of scrutiny or um the microscope that we were put under and maybe I just knew myself a bit more. Also, maybe I'm just a massive yeah. fanny. Like, I'm so scared of surgery and things. Like, that is maybe so that's just it. <laughs> so who knows? I, I, I can't speak for them. I don't know what they've had done, but they seem happy enough. So they look fucking wicked, if yeah. you ask me. <laughs> yeah. I think it just goes to show, though, that, that there's just so much... People obviously comment so much on the way that you guys look or looked on that show. And... I don't know. I feel like that would be the last thing I would have thought out, thought of when watching it. Like, <laughs> I just think it's nuts that that's what they've like homed in on. I'm like, what about that part where like she fell over and her ass come out? Like, <laughs> well, frankly, obviously, so maybe, maybe you just weren't the type of person who fell out, fell over with her ass out. I think there's obviously a lot of people who were no. watching it whose whose bums were out on a regular occasion. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Um, I, think I mean, I'm sure it. it's happened. Uh, <laughs> No, but I mean, I started work very young, so I just wasn't allowed. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Listen, if you ever want to go out and get your bum out, you know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Frankie's big night out. Her whole aim is to fall over with her ass out. Nobody needs to see that. Nobody needs to see that. I feel like one of the biggest things with you has been about like relationships and like so many people have so many things to say about your relationships because you've I mean I suppose we've seen a lot of them on TV when you were younger and it seems to be something that it's spoken about a lot with you have if you not found that like just really difficult I mean it's hard enough anyway <laughs> um, you know. so the start I've had like um and I mean I'm sure you can probably identify with this to a certain extent I began living my life like adult life in the public eye. So um, especially in something like reality TV, by its very nature, is um, incredibly invasive. So um, all I've ever known is everybody knowing everything about my personal life. Um, And actually, I struggled to... um, Now, the way people don't really have to know that much about my private life, I struggle um, to, to know what to share and what not to share. Um, more often than yeah. not, like I will pop on Instagram and just be like, I've got my period, it's the pits. And then my mom's like, well, just why, Vicky, why? No one had to know. Like, <laughs> oh, because I'm just so used to everyone knowing everything. Like, I feel like I um, don't know where the off switch is now that I could probably mm. use it. Um, and also, like, I'm super grateful to the public for everything I have. Um, I know that, for example, I, I don't have a discernible talent, so I can't say, oh, everybody loves me because I'm a really good singer or oh, everyone loves me because I'm a great dancer or because I've scored a goal for the country. Like, I can't say any of those things. What I can say is people warmed to me because they thought I seemed nice and normal. They warmed to me because they enjoyed my journey. Um, and I'll always mm. be incredibly grateful to them f- for taking an interest in me. So I feel like just... I, I, do, I don't feel like precious about my personal life I actually think well kind of people have a right to know um which is a a very strange Mm. way of thinking I know and a lot of people don't understand it but yeah if if people hadn't supported me then I wouldn't be where I was now so if they want to know what I had for breakfast they can fucking know (laughs) (laughs) do you not find when you meet people that they find that hard as it made it harder to find someone because of that Oh, um, so yes, for years I didn't trust anybody, Franks. Like, after I won the jungle, um, I just found it super difficult to trust anyone. I had a run of some really terrible fellas um, who were quite clearly just along for the ride. Uh, In terms of fame, I mean, they're... Yes, it's all right. We knew what you read. Good. (laughs) Just clearing it up for anyone there. Um, Possibly for both, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so yeah so um I, I had a really bad run and I had a lot of stories sold on us and just uh just just a rubbish time but it was based on my bad decisions um and poor judgment mm. so I became a lot more protective of myself and my circle and who I let in but actually this still didn't matter like I still met some shit fellas <laughs> really so, do you know what I mean so I think you've just got to um be wary of course protect yourself um but just be prepared like you're going to re- meet the right one when you're going to meet them and you probably are going to have to kiss some frogs along the way like I've just had to try and almost look at it rather benevolently and just say well that was what it was um it's a very small price mm. to pay for all the good things I had like all the wrong ones led me to Erkan who I really hope's the right one so no I, I think I can kind of think like 
quite logically about it now. But yeah, back in the day, I was just like, ah, I'm going to be alone forever. Everyone's just using me. I've got one over here. It was like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just threw in there. You've got one over yeah, like I just panicked. Else, all in itself. Yeah. I panicked. I was going to have no kids and there's just going to be one over left. Like I just panicked so much when I was younger. But yeah, just now I feel like I'm, I'm a lot more measured and yeah. just trusting in the universe. Do you feel like you went through a stage of, of like anxiety and, and, and things like that and, and obviously of like not trusting people and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's so hard to trust people when you've been hurt. Um, and uh, I do think for a long time I, I let it cloud me cloud me judgment and assumed everyone was probably bad and became quite secular closed myself off suffered like insomnia anxiety everything after i won the jungle i just felt like really everything was going to be taken away from us frankie i had this wild imposter syndrome and i didn't deserve to be where i was and everyone was going to wake up one day and realize i was just that girl from geordie shore and i wasn't the queen of the jungle and they were going to hate me again and i was terrified it was going to be taken away as quick as it came and um yeah, I just my mental health suffered as a as a result, really. Um, not so much because of boys, but mostly more career, mm. more career. I think as well because as you get older, like obviously when I was in high school juniors, I was really young. But I think when you're when you're younger and, and probably for you like in Geordie Shore, you're not really aware that you need to build a career for yourself and that you need to like earn money to live and survive, and you do to a a certain extent but not really so until you when you get older and you start thinking oh I want to have kids and I want to settle down and then obviously working becomes more important because you need to earn a living and provide and I think it's not until (laughs) yeah and it's not until you get to that point that you're like shit like all this could end tomorrow like you're saying and and you start thinking I'm exactly the same I get imposter syndrome in everything I do and I've been working for like 17 years and I still always think like people think, oh, she's probably shit at that, or why is she there, or or I think someone's going to be like, uh, this isn't your job, like, you know, off you go, you know. that it's it's, And I think so many people feel like that, no matter what career or industry they're in. And, and I think it's only when you start realising that it is important that then you start panicking about it. Because I'm sure in Geordie Shore you were just like, oh, I've been paid, I'll go and buy myself a new outfit, or I'll spend it on alcohol, or I'll do this. And then as you get older, you're like shit, I probably should have done something with that. Or, you know. I, I know exactly I know exactly what you're saying. I didn't even really, I don't know what, Frank, it's so interesting hearing how long you've been in the industry. Like, I bet you just feel like this is just all you've ever done, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had a stage, I, I did, between Escob Juniors and the Saturdays, I worked in a shop and I worked in Sugar Heart, actually, funnily enough. I live across the uh, road from there, Frankie. I can see it from my house. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm in Essex now. Brentwood, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I worked in Sugar Heart before it was, like, Sugar Heart on Towie. <laughs> yeah. um, so if I was always like, what, you worked in Sugar Heart? Um, and I actually, like, really enjoyed that little period of life because mm. for me it was, like, a bit of normal. Yep. Um, but I got a lot of stick for it, like, people being like, oh, you work in a shop now. And, and sometimes I used to be like, God, like, is there another job where, like, if you stop doing it and you do something else that people think you've, like, failed? It's like... I don't know, in this industry, if you're not in the public eye for like more than 10 days, it's like, where have they gone? They've disappeared and they're a failure, you know. Um, And then, yeah, and then I got in the Saturdays and then it kind of all started again. So I don't really know much different, but sometimes I look back at S Cup Juniors and I think, 
oh, what did I do with my money? Like, I just spent <laughs> it on, like, shit. Like, but I didn't realise back then. Do you know what I mean? And, no. like, and, and now I'm pretty much self-employed and you think about these things and whatever. And I, I suppose, again, like you said, it comes with age and yeah. getting older and... I mean, maybe being more aware. You are so young in the like in S Club Juniors. You're not spending on like Pokemon cards or something, mate. Like you couldn't have been putting house deposits down. Don't well, be yeah, so hard on yourself. Pogo, pogs or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I know, I know. But sometimes I think, oh god, like other people were much better with like being oh. more sensible. Um, <laughs> even in the Saturdays as well, to be fair. Um, but I think it's just one of those things. Like I don't know. You do. I imagine after the jungle. So many more people knew about you than than maybe probably would have watched Geordie Shaw. Yeah. Some people probably wouldn't have even, like you probably thought everyone watching it was thinking all these things and half of the people probably hadn't even seen it. So things are always bigger in our own minds, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, We create so much stuff up there. Yeah, it's insane. And then and then you win it and everyone looking in from the outside probably thought, God, she's like probably living her best life now and loving her life. And then there's you not wanting to leave the house, not being able to sleep. It's just nuts. Yeah, it's so weird because everyone would have will have just assumed um, that I was like on cloud nine, living my best life, presenting roles on This Morning, on Loose Women, like my own shows, um, great contracts with great brands. Like didn't didn't stop didn't stop working but inside I was just crippled with anxiety like so scared that it was all going to be taken away from us within a second's notice worried every day that that was just going to be the day that everyone woke up and realized oh hang on she is a bit of a dick like just felt so undeserving of everything that was coming my way and was unable to to verbalize it like I I really struggled um the only way I got through that year really is I've got to um two therapists that I've been speaking to for years. Um, the Speakmans, I don't know if you've heard of them. They go on this morning very often. They're quite, they're fear fighters as well. They're, they're just great. Um, so that was the only yeah. way I really managed to get through that year without imploding um, with all my self-doubt and worries. Hmm. But you seem like now you've kind of come out the other side of that and you feel it seemed like you kind of have your head together a bit more do you kind of put that down to like working on yourself and doing things like therapy and do you train like what's your thing that you feel kind of keeps you ticking over oh I'm, I'm a huge believer in um I feel like I feel like exercise is the literally the least, the least used antidepressant, uh, most underutilized. So I'm I always try and train, whether it's just like a walk in the park with a can, or whether it is like twenty minute hit workout, whatever you've got time for. Um, I'm just nicer, I'm better when I when I exercise. Um, my mind is not as as much of a chaotic place to be. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm mm. firm, firm advocate for training hard. Um, I'd say eat right but it's more like I believe in moderation actually like I'm not a very nice person when I'm just eating steamed greens and boiled chicken like I'm (laughs) cranky and I really don't like anybody else so no I'm um I I like cupcakes I like cheese I like gin and tonics so just I I always try and have a balance because life's for living um I have a life coach he is completely um imperative to me being moving well mentally uh, and yeah um still got me therapist so there's a whole team and heap of stuff that I advocate doing um, yeah if you can because I just think mental health super super important right uh, before you go I need you to explain to me what 
What is the difference between a life coach and a therapist? Okay. Um, so- I've never really understood what a life coach is. Do I need one? Oh, I would recommend everyone get one, Frank's like that little that little bounce back Bible. That wasn't my nugget. Like, don't think I'm the wise one. That's all built. Yeah, that's all built. Um, a, ther- uh-huh. a therapist will help you make sense of what's happened in your life and um, deal with the emotional side of things, um, whether it's looking at trauma, grief, loss. They'll help you identify stuff um, and work through it. We have a lot of, of past things built up normally that we haven't addressed um so looking at things like that especially before I went in the jungle um I have issues with control relinquishing control um which of course you have to do in the jungle entirely so yeah Yeah. I worked on all of that before I went in there um which helped me immensely and I do credit the Speakmans an awful lot with how well I did in 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 um I'm a celeb and then a life coach he will help you deal with your day-to-day so um, if there's a relationship that you are struggling with, um, if you you want that specific job, if you're feeling stuck and stagnant and you want the next level but you don't know how to get there, that's where a life coach comes in. Um, I hope I've right. explained those. So they things. give you like plans or just like speak it through we just talk it through so i'll speak to bill tomorrow and i'll tell him what i've been up to how certain things made us feel and he'll be like well was that good was that bad i'll be like well kind of it's kind of like um it's it's helped me improve my relationship with me me agents with me like i'm in first time in probably 32 years i'm in a really healthy relationship with a man um it's helped me get what i want out of my job it's helped me accept who i am as a person and cut out toxic people Mm -hmm. like more often than not frank's like you're surrounded by people who aren't good for your energy but I'm a bit, weirdly, I'm actually anti-confrontation, so I, I allow them to take advantage and push us around. Really? Yeah, mate, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You'd think I was, like, walking around swearing, throwing things all the time, but actually, <laughs> I'm I'm such a fanny. I hate rowing with anyone, so yeah. I am as well. I can't deal with <laughs> no. any sort of confrontation. And we shouldn't have to, though. I'm so bad. We shouldn't have to. Like, yeah. Bill, like, whoever you choose as your life coach, mine's Bill, but he will help you, like, work stuff out and have those hard conversations with people without hurting anyone's feelings and you get what you want out of them so you're not just feeling like a doormat honestly it's made me the happiest i've been in years and i recommend it to anyone i feel like everyone needs a bill oh, we all need a bill <laughs> we all need a bill <laughs> bill if you're listening everyone needs one of you right <laughs> you're in demand mate <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. It's you funny, too. I don't feel like I've ever got to properly sit down and properly chat with you. No. Um, but you had gave us some great nuggets, whether they were bills or not. We'll take them. Uh, I can't take credit. It's all Bill. I'm basically just a facade. <laughs> Thanks again to the lovely Vicky Patterson. We all make mistakes growing up, but not many of us have had to do it in the public eye. So it was so fascinating to hear Vicky talk about what that was like. Now remember, this podcast is all about encouraging us to be open and have those hard but important conversations. If you're struggling with your mental health, the best thing you can do is to talk to someone. If you'd rather chat to someone impartial, there are plenty of resources and support provided by the mental health charity Mind. That's mind.org.uk. Until next time, look after yourself, 